Welcome to the Passel Podcast CMO Series. Today's topic on the CMO Series podcast is responding to crises and the role of law firm leaders. Now, professional service firms are well versed in reacting to large scale events, whether it's an economic crisis or regulatory changes. But how firm leaders respond, manage, and communicate the subsequent impact with their people and clients is critical. What many firms, however, are less used to handling is natural disasters of epic proportions, which do share some response tactics as the previous mentioned events, as they all have catastrophic effects on the firm and also on the livelihood of the people within it. Today, we are extremely lucky to welcome Douglas Zabo, Managing Partner, and Gail Lamarche, Director of Marketing and Business Development of Henderson, Franklin, Starnes and Holt in Florida. They're here to share what happened when Hurricane Ian hit Southwest Florida last year and how the management team responded in the wake of a 500-year flood that occurred afterwards. Now, this is an episode I've been really excited to record. So welcome, Douglas. Welcome, Gail. Thank you so much for coming on board and doing this with me. Morning, Ed. Thanks for having us, and we look forward to uh, trying to help your listeners in any way we can. Thanks, Ed. We're happy to be here. As I say, this is something that I've been looking forward to. I've spoken with Gail for, um, gosh, well over a year now, and we've been talking about getting a podcast together, and this just seemed like the absolute perfect topic that affects a lot of people. Now, as I mentioned, the entire world may be aware of Hurricane Ian and what happened in your part of the world in 2022. But for the audience, Doug, could you tell us where you were and what happened when the storm hit and the immediate response that you had? Yeah, again, thanks for having us. So um, I'm sure everybody around the world is aware of Ian and the devastating effects it had on Southwest Florida here. Um, You know, one of the unique things about hurricanes is, you know, they don't just happen overnight. So you have some uh, lag time when things are starting to happen. But it first appeared on our radar about a week beforehand. Our facilities uh, manager sent me an email on Friday morning, September 23rd at 6.42 a.m. And that's the time I responded back to him and said, hey, there's a tropical depression. It didn't even have a name at that time that's out there and so that we need to be aware of it. And so over the ensuing week, uh, things changed dramatically for us. Every single day, it got more and more likely that it was going to impact us in Southwest Florida. So on the day that it happened, we uh, obviously knew probably a a full day ahead of time that it was actually going to hit us. I don't think anybody anticipated that we knew that, you know, quite the magnitude that it was going to have. Um, But fortunately or unfortunately, Southwest Florida is not immune to hurricanes, so Um, As the managing partner of Henderson Franklin, you know, I have a team around me that includes Gail, a lot of different managers, and we actually have in place a business continuity plan that kind of outlines what we're going to do. But on the the day of the event, all of our team members were at home or some had vacated the area. Uh, So I happened to live two and a half miles from our office, so pretty close, but I was at home the morning it hit, kind of trying to track and follow Uh, how everything was going to happen and then tried to respond accordingly as to the updates and to best keep all of our uh, team and employees up to date with what was happening. Ultimately, as the day progressed, I grabbed my three dogs and got my vehicle and drove to our office downtown. 
Uh, we have a five-story building and it was much more secure. I, where I live, I was actually five houses in from the river and live on a canal that flows out. And so around 6.30 that evening, the water crested in the canal behind my house and the water had come up out of the river and was uh, you know, starting to enter my yard. So I was able to get in my vehicle because I didn't know at that point how bad it was going to get. And uh, took me uh, 35 minutes to go two and a half miles to my wow. office because there were palm trees down, roads you know, were not passable. I actually saw two royal palms fall, uh, but I was able to make it to the office. And then um, you know, it was a much more secure location and kind of rode it out there. Gosh, uh, it's one of those things, uh, like you said at the beginning, um, just then, th there's a little bit of pre-warning behind it because it's being reported, you're getting the warnings for, for maybe even a week in, in advance, but you still have no idea how big or how catastrophic it's going to be kind of until it happens, which is um, where the response part comes in, I suppose. Gail, uh, perhaps you could jump in and, and let me know how did the management team come together in, in response to this? And Doug just briefly mentioned that the, there was a bit of a, a plan in, in uh, place already. Was there um, a specific plan for this or was it just for sort of any natural disaster or any crisis of any sort? That's a great question, Ed. Being in Florida and especially Southwest Florida, hurricane, we had a hurricane plan that actually went into the whole business continuity plan because it's not just a, a hurricane. It could be a tornado. It could be, you know, COVID. <laughs> it could mm -hmm. be really anything, fires. Um, so this plan really, and we had just finished redoing it, which was, it was all still fresh in our mind. And, you know, we had a plan A, we had a plan B. Um, it turned out we needed maybe a C, B, and E, <laughs> you know, when it ended up being so close to a cat five, we call it a cat five. It was like 10 miles away from that. Um, and it hit so close to home. Um, it's funny because three of the managers, there's, I think five or six of us, three of us live within two miles in Cape Coral. And we were all checking on each other until we got, you know, lost power and, um, but it was silly things like having a satellite phone and who has the satellite phone and who can have service to use the satellite phone. So it was, you know, we, it was, um, we had all the plans in place and we just, we just plowed through. We had an amazing team. Yeah. And from how previous conversations that we've had about this, it's really shown to me how amazing the team that you guys have as a whole firm. It sounds like everybody really came together a quick question as a side note on that, even having that plan in place and, and you said it was recently finished, how much of that um how much of that plan suddenly goes out the window and how much of it can you really stick to? You know, it's a great question. And you know, I, I want to be careful for your listeners how to say it, right? I mean, this was literally what they called a five hundred year storm. So, you know, I, I recommend to all your listeners, whatever potential crisis might might be affecting your area, right? They're all different depending on where you live. But having a plan in place is critical, regardless of whether it gets thrown out the window by the events. You know, just having a plan, I think, helps to calm everybody down, not just the managers, but in the way we communicate with the rest of the staff. And although the plan, 
you know, never anticipated a 500-year storm. It allowed us to adapt more easily to the changing circumstances on the ground as it as it happened. So things got thrown out just because of the devastation. We had actually gone through a hurricane, you know, five years ago, I think it was, Irma, um, that actually was a direct hit on our area, it was supposed to be offshore like Ian was, and it, it didn't come to fruition that it was offshore. So although it had some really bad impacts on the area, it was not nearly as devastating as Ian. So having the plan in place is important, but it, for the most part, went out the window. But I, I think the real thing that helped us was kind of the things that we had in the plan in terms of communicating with people. And Gail mentioned a satellite phone. Mm -hmm. We had set up email communication. We had we have an emergency text alert system. We had a call-in number that's actually located outside the state of Florida. So if people had cell phone access or were able, for example, to some people evacuated the area. And so they might be on the other side of the state or up in Tampa or Orlando where they did not lose uh, communication, they could call into that um, cell phone number and try and communicate. And then as Gail said, you know, the last thing that we do is, you know, we have people that are within areas of each other can drive around and check up on people. Um, so the, the plan kind of never anticipated this, but <laughs> you, you know, you make do and, and you try and make sure that everybody is alert and that you can account for everybody. Because that's really, as the management and the managing partner of the firm, at that point in time, we're all people and you care about your people, you know, they're one of your biggest assets aside with your clients for a law firm is, you know, your, your people that, you know, come to work every day and, and help us put out the product that we put out the service that we put out. Yeah. I think that's a really, uh, really good message to get across uh, there, Doug is, is that that is the the vital part, the lifeline of, of the firm is the people within it. And that's actually what matters at that time. And Yes, the plan maybe went out the window, and and if this isn't a phrase, I'm coining it right now. Even the small smallest plans make the biggest differences. You can quote me on that in years to come if somebody ever decides to pick it up. Trust um, me, I'll use it. <laughs> Completely Gail, agree with you, Ed. Thank you, Gail. When we spoke before, and and actually, Doug, you've also just mentioned it on this. The communication part was so key with the entire firm. How how important do you think it was from uh, everybody's point of view that the, the management team and everybody sort of even from the juniors all the way up and uh, the administration staff? How do you think how important it was to them? Oh my, I'll I'll feel that one. Um, I think the biggest communication communication is key. We're all nervous. We're all on edge, and you know knowing that you need to check in with somebody and somebody's worried about you and, and, you know, you're worried about your job, you're worried about your family, but I have to say, I'm going to try and get through this because I've got your email up, Doug, and I'm going to try and get through this without cracking, but I don't know if I can or not. Um, but Doug had a poignant message that made everybody to tears. Um, I'll not read the whole thing, but he said, first and foremost, I consider all of you to be members of the Henderson Franklin family and my thoughts and prayers go out to all of you. My primary concern is your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. 
Um, he went on to thank the administration and the unbelievable, quote, unbelievable acts of kindness and generosity, which come to my attention daily. I'm so proud of being the managing partner and getting the opportunity to be with the best group of people. Uh, we will continue to do our best, but I know we'll make mistakes and I'm committed to getting us back to normalcy while making sure all are secure in their personal lives. And he went on to give him, give us his personal cell phone number. Yeah, I, I think didn't make it through that. <laughs> the, that's, but, uh, we've had this conversation before this, this recording, Gail, and, and I remember it means a lot when I spoke to you, it, I could see how much it meant. And just hearing your voice then, it, it's obvious in response to my question, uh, you know, it, it is incredibly important. And uh, when you it, have leaders like that, you, yeah. you'll you do anything. And, he, and one of the things, um, when we all met, I think it was a Saturday morning before we all could get in, the managers and Doug to get into the office together. We had... Um, you know, a game plan, making sure everybody was okay. And, you know, it was, it was clear that, you know, they said then too, if you can come in, we'd appreciate it, but make sure your Mm -hmm. family and your stuff is good first. And that made people, you know, you want to work for leaders like that, who, who show that care and concern. Absolutely. Um, It's inspiring. Doug. Ed, can I add one thing to that? Of course you can. Again, I, you know, I think the purpose of this call for your listeners is just trying to help them when they face a situation. Hopefully they don't, right? I don't wish this yeah. upon anybody. And so the lessons you learn, what worked, what didn't work and, and that. And one of the things that occurred to me early, like the day after, like I, I drove back to my house at five in the morning. And again, it took me 40 minutes to get back because there were so many trees down. And, you know, when I got back, I luckily had no water intrusion into my house. You could see a line of coconuts in my yard that were about 15 feet from my house. So that's where the water had gotten up to literally before it would have been flooding inside my house. But I had no electricity, no cable, no internet. My cell phone service wasn't working. I had no ability to communicate with anybody. And so it occurred to me that I didn't know how many other people were in the same boat. And we have people all throughout Southwest Florida living in various locations. So, you know, when it got daylight and I could assess the damage at my house and then feel like, all right, I I survived this. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure many others are much worse off. I, I drove out east where it would likely be less damage direct. And I got cell phone service and I was able to talk to a couple of my managers. And then I was able, I had family up in Tampa and both my parents and my my two brothers, they had full electricity and everything. So I made the decision to drive to Tampa that that next day after the hurricane, strictly so I could communicate because I, I realized how important communication was with the managers and then you know being able to ask them, we need to get an assessment and try and find out from as many people as we can, because we knew for a fact, seeing some of the pictures and things, the devastation that we were going to have some people displaced. And, you know, although you you care about everybody and want to account for everybody, those who are displaced, we didn't know what the level of their displacement was. So communication just cannot be underestimated for your listeners about the ability to you know, find out what's going on and then to mm-hmm. try and communicate to everybody else. 
I feel I feel you may have just answered my final question in the in the podcast, but there's a there's a few I want to get in before then, because um, when we when we've had a conversation before, Doug, you you mentioned uh, that you were surprised and also moved by the amount of support from uh, your entire network in that in that immediate aftermath and following. Were there any surprises, um, any other surprises, sorry, or outcomes from unfortunate the unfortunate hurricane that that the firm will yeah. be looking to develop upon in the future? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think after these events, getting together with your team and doing a, an assessment of how you handled it, you know, and where you can be better. Um, it occurred to me that because of the outpouring from, you know, relationships we have around the state and others, um, it occurred to me that people can really benefit from establishing those relationships. There were so many just good and generous people out there in the world. I, I can't tell you how many said, hey, what do you need? How can we get to you? We're willing to drive down. You know, so we tried to, at the management team, identify what were the needs, immediate needs. And then we set up within our office you know, kind of a place where we could collect food items, water, batteries, flashlights, the things that we occurred. We wanted to get our office open and we were fortunate that our office is on the same grid as like the major hospital. So our office electricity was up the next day. And, you know, we were able to then offer people to come as a refuge because, you know, when you're without electricity or anything and you know, it's the middle of the, the summer and it's 90 plus degrees and you have no air conditioning and it's just oppressive heat, you know, getting out and being able to come get water or some food. You know, I think I also learned that with managers, when I was up in Tampa, I think I brought back 15 cases of water, you know, whatever I could fit with my three dogs in my SUV and, and bring those back. And then going around and with the team managers and those who had the ability who might've had uh, generators at their home and things to help pull together supplies. And that's necessary, you know, probably the most um, meaningful thing to me. And I'll just sh share a little story about, you know, how much people are willing to give. There was a group of us that we had a, a female lawyer here who had bought her first home uh, probably a month before the hurricane and lived on a canal over in North Fort Myers. And, uh, you know, she had complete flood damage, you know, four to five feet in her house. So her house was devastated. And there was a group of us that went over to help her get things out of her house and, you know, just to help her feel better. Um, the only downside was most of the people were younger than me. And whenever I would lift something, they would run over and telling me I was too old. So... <laughs> Had to, had to stop that immediately to let them know. But I mean, just, just the amount of help. So if you can set up these networks and don't be afraid to ask, right? People are, again, so generous that they're willing to help out and reach out. If they weren't contacting us directly, I would get emails like, what can I do? What do you need? It sounds just like <laughs> such an amazing sense of everybody pulling together without even, without even sort of the call going out of, you know, we need to pull together. It just it just kind of connected and everybody did. They, they did. I mean, you know, I think your question was, you know, what were their, you know, the surprises that yeah. I, so I mean, you know, it's, 
hard for me to say I'm surprised by people's generosity. Um, you know, I, I was shocked when I started to see the level of devastation. I think we had eight people that were, you know, completely displaced completely, like couldn't even go in their homes, you know. And so that, you know, was kind of shocking to me because we've lived through prior hurricanes here and, you know, nothing was like this. And it actually may have been 12 now that I think about it. Um, so that that was just shocking. And, you know, if you look at Fort Myers Beach and the devastation, it will be changed forever. So yeah. those type of surprises. But just, you know, the whole event was, I guess, surprising mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. I, I was down there in August at, at Fort Myers Beach and, and oh. Gail and Gail and I talk quite frequently and uh, <laughs> Gail shared some pictures with me not too long ago. And, and I, for, for me to see it and, you know, I, you guys have lived through it. I, I just have seen the pictures, but there was pictures of the restaurant that I went and ate at. It's not there. It's just the stairs that mm -hmm. go up to where the restaurant used to be. So yeah, the devastation was, uh, yeah, difficult to describe without really having known or, or seen it firsthand, I suppose. Yeah, yeah we, I want we, to, we look yeah. we look forward to you coming back for the first time. <laughs> it, it I will. Completely, <laughs> completely, completely different, a new experience, but we will reopen all parts of our community. So I'll definitely be back for sure. Gail, I wanted to uh, throw a question over to you, and it's a slightly different approach on this one. Um can you tell us how the firm or how you as a management team, what the priorities were even in regard to communicating with clients and how that process really played out? Because I suppose this, there has been this catastrophic event and there is, you are currently in crisis mode, but I suppose there are also things that need to be carried out in terms of business. Yes. Um, excellent question. And you need to be really sensitive to what's going on. Um, so you pull your immediate, you know, social campaign and it didn't take too much. All of our team came together. It's like, what do your clients need to know right now to in their personal and professional lives? And, you know, as a, as a marketing person, you're always like, you know, give me blog posts and let's write content. And I had more content that I knew what to do with and to have internet to post. <laughs> so um, but it was good because we, we set up a resource page. We are a resource to our chambers. You know, Doug had mentioned our, your, your networks. You know, this is when the community comes together and, you know, we're next year, a hundred years in business and we're entrenched in our community. Um, and we just, we pulled together to, to get out information as much as we could and to help as much as we could. We had um, attorneys at clients' offices doing some, you know, some counseling on some legal issues. Um, we have some attorneys doing, you know, handling some insurance claims for the for the hurricane. Well, not normally our um, our bailiwick, but you know, we're here for our community, and they're just doing an amazing job. Um, and the the resources are still there. You know, there's still tax imp imp implications and the FEMA fifty fifty rule. I've learned so much about stuff that I never knew I could. Um, <laughs> But it was, it was, you almost didn't need to do anything. And now, you know, we're, we're still continuing to find ways to help our, you know, or help our community in, in tailored efforts too. So it'll continue for a while. Yeah. D Doug, was there anything you wanted to, to add on to that? Yeah. I mean, I found it, you know, a little interesting balancing, 
the the needs of you know all of our our family members um you know also we have a lot of local clients so communicating with them and fulfilling all of their needs is a little different than some of the clients out of mm -hmm. the area you know who are who are not impacted and so it's it's really kind of a balancing act but I, again i think with communication and just being you know honest with people that hey we may need a week you know bear with us we'll get your services we'll we'll continue to service you and, and make sure that we get back you know and i found that you know and, and this is i guess where i'm so proud of all of um, the employees in that you know they they kind of understood it too they wanted to get back sometimes when you know you have no electricity at home because it takes your mind off the devastation you have in your home you can be in air conditioning and so logging on and responding to emails or getting some work done i think was kind of therapeutic in a way to take your mind off you know everything around your house when you're looking at some of the you know devastation i ended up having some roof damage at my house and that but you know there were a lot of people that were worse worse off you know but that balancing of trying to get things done for your clients and also balancing what's the right mix with the those who have suffered devastation was something that you just need to figure out i don't know that there's kind of a golden rule or plan about how to do that because they seem to be more idiosyncratic depending on the crisis that your listeners are facing and yep. and how that but you know, you, you do want to, I think, let your clients know that you will get to their work and that nothing will be happening other than we will be up and running and service as normal. And and that assures them also. And I think also assures your staff that everything is going to be OK. And that's, I think, the important message you want to. We'll get through this and we'll get through it together. Yeah. And and, and following on from what you just said, then that this could vary. It could be a wildfire. It could be a flood. It could be a hurricane. It could be um, you know, a, a death of a major partner in the, in the firm. There are many different crises that this a, a applies to. So um, whilst we're picking on, on your experiences, it's just a, a really good example, though, of how you and the firm have built this community that seem to all pull together in, in the time of need. I agree 100%. And, and knowing that other people have gone through crises and they're able to uh, survive and get through it, I think is also, yeah, you know, uplifting to know that we, we will get through it. Yeah, I think that's a, a very good takeaway as well. We will get through it is, is a good phrase to, to have as a bit of a motto in those times. Doug, I'll go back to you on this one. And then maybe Gail, you, you might want to answer afterwards. Uh, are there any key learnings from this that you're going to put into your processes and maybe that communication plan, the crisis communication plan that you had in place? Are you going to be producing an, a new one, even though the, the, the other one was only just finished? I, I think the one area that that I think we can probably improve on is um, collecting data or information from people. Again, hurricane seems to be what we face. So, mm -hmm. you know, we get it in advance. Um, but having in place kind of where we need to reach out to I think is is really important. And I, I think the other thing that kind of dovetails in that is, 
making sure that those who are going to be on your team understand the message and that they're the right people to convey that message. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sugarcoat the devastation, but I think the way you communicate that devastation to let those who are suffering know that you've got their back, that you're in control, that things will be all right. You need to convey, you know, a positive, uplifting message so that we all don't sit around and, and just get depressed about it because that could make it worse, the effects on that. So having the right team around you, making sure that they communicate in a positive, effective manner, and that you just account for everybody. And, and I think in hindsight, we did that really well. If I'm you know, proud of one area, I think we found a way to account. People were willing to drive by people's homes if they haven't heard from them. And I think that was you know, important that I think within three days, we had accounted for all you know, approximately 150 employees that we had, attorneys, staff, everybody had been accounted for. We had actually heard from everybody. Which is a huge positive. Gail, anything you wanted to, to tap onto the end of that? Yeah, just to tack on to Doug's comment too, we organically kind of reached out. I think we needed just a more uh, organized plan to making sure that everyone's accounted for within your team or department because there are difficulties in like an, another form of a relative not in the area because if everybody in your area doesn't have phones, you're kind of stuck. But it was it was just, uh, you know, sending out the right message, working together and really knowing what your team needs. As Doug said, we had so many that lost everything that we were, you know, finding clothes for attorneys that needed to do Zoom hearings. We needed um, housing, we needed water, we needed cleaning supplies and that, that need and Doug and the team going out with chainsaws, you know, it's, you do whatever it needs to be done to help your fan, your, you know, your personal and professional family and then the community. And it was in full, in full display. Which really leads me into the, the, the last question, I think, uh, before we start closing this out. And, and I think Doug, I know what you're going to say. It's been mentioned a few times already. Um, but what is what is the one piece of advice you would give to perhaps other law firm leaders and, and maybe any other firms that we that are listening when it comes to to crisis communications and planning uh, so that they can be better prepared? And I think I think I know what you'll come back with. But but please go for it. Yeah, I mean, hands down, care about your people. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you care about your people you will be guided in the right direction as to the decisions you make, what's important, and, and all those people who receive that message will come with you on that journey of trying to get through it together. And it's a real easy message. At the end of the day, whether you're the managing partner of Henderson Franklin or you're somebody who started here in the mailroom a month ago, we're all people at the end of the day. And I, I think just being guided by that, when you're talking about a crisis, we're all in the same boat. And there's, you know, the strength in numbers and everybody traveling in the same direction helps make those decisions and get through the process so much easier. And, you know, it's just an easy message to kind of follow. Definitely. And, and yeah. the right thing. I mean, at the end of the day, there's you can't argue against being concerned about people and doing what's right by them. 
Absolutely. Gail, did you did you want to add anything? I cannot top that. No, no. <laughs> Very wise, I think. Um, Doug, Gail, as I said at the beginning of this, I, I re- was really looking forward to, to recording this podcast with you both. The two of you have been brilliant to have on, and it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you over the last couple of weeks, months, Gail, uh, year now and more. Um, so thank you very much to the both of you. Uh, we will, of course, keep in touch and I will come down to Fort Myers again. But thanks for having, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Edward, thank you for, you for the opportunity to uh, give our message to your listeners. And uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Best of, uh, best of luck with the future. Thank you.